we could from that time makes a little difference every day and can be thankful and grateful for the team members who pack the food or customers who enjoy the food and people in business have a sense of purpose they wanted to make a difference in their own unique way quite often what end up happening is that we feel like we are not ready yet to do something that matters to us with the holiday season around the corner With the new year only six weeks away, we invite you to create your story of impact by doing what you normally do in your business. Because together, we can build businesses as a force for good, one tiny impact at a time. We at Profit Reimagine and her CEO journey discover B1G1 last year. Since then, we made a commitment. For every single podcast episode that we release, we select worthy causes as a gift to our guests. Each gift supports women to earn their living, be independent, and support their family, and for girls to receive access to education so they can help break the poverty cycle in their family and community. This episode is a rerun of episode 92 from December 2020 when I spoke with Masami Sato, the founder and CEO of B1G1, a B Corp certified business located in Singapore. Masami has been a serial entrepreneur since 2001, starting and running several commercial enterprises, all aiming to transform the way businesses are operated today. Then in 2007, A simple idea came to Masami. What if every business could make a difference in their way just by doing what they normally do? With more than a decade of work, this simple idea has now become a global movement. If after you listen to our conversation with Masami, you are inspired to join the movement, you can use the link in the show notes to start your impact journey. You're listening to Her CEO Journey, the business finance podcast for mission-driven women entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Christina Shahli. If you are new here, a big warm welcome. If we are not connected on LinkedIn, please reach out and say hi because that's where I hang out and share my business finance tips. If you have been listening to this podcast for a while and you are a regular listener, I want you to know I appreciate you. My podcast won't be around without your support. This is a free weekly show where my guests and I want to inspire you to balance between mission and profit, to create an impact in this world, and to achieve financial equality through your business for good. Building a social impact business does not mean you don't need to manage your profit and cash flow. You need both profit and cash flow. Listen to episode 143 where we explain the difference between profit and cash flow and why it's critical to have both. If your business is growing and expanding and cash flow forecasting and management are one of the areas you want to improve for next years but you don't know where to start, download the ebook we have prepared for you. You can find the link in the show notes. And when you are ready to set up your financial back office that comes with a fractional CFO as your partner, connect with us at kristinashahli.com forward slash let's chat. Now, let's find out Masami CEO journey. Masami Sato, welcome to her CEO journey. 
I always started about talking about a journey in creating B1G1 because I know B1G1, it was not your first business. You had a different business before that. And then now you are creating this amazing organization. How did you get here, Masami? I started my very first business about 20 years ago, and it was a food business. And for me, food was very important. And I believe that the food brought the people together and connected the people. In my youth, when I was traveling around, backpacking, in those years, when I could prepare food, then I could connect with people, even if I couldn't speak the local language. And then at the same time, because I believe that every person had also right to enjoy nourishing food with their loved ones. And so I wanted to create a company that provided the food that united and connected people. So that's why I went into food business. So many things in the world that I could not quite understand when I was traveling, because in many countries, children and even young children were sometimes living on the street or begging or not going to school. And I could not understand why those things were happening. And I wanted to do something about it. So when uh, I became a mom and, you know, thinking about my own daughter and how much I loved her, then I thought I would do something to make a difference. So I started my business. My mission was to use the business to make a difference. And it was full of challenges uh, Mm -hmm. I was facing (laughs) because I didn't really know how to run a business successfully in in those days. Five years or so later, after I started my first business and I bought another one and sold two and moved to Australia from New Zealand where I was living then. Then I started this uh, food production company in Australia. And eventually this company was selling like frozen packaged um, healthy meals to more than 150 stores in different states in Australia. Masami, what exactly did you do in your food business at the time? Every meal we sold, we decided to give one meal away. And then when I say give one meal away, it doesn't mean like we give our product away, (laughs) like buy one, get one scheme. But um, we found experienced NGO. And in this case in India, because I spend quite a bit of time in Southeast Asia and Asia when I was traveling and backpacking and met with so many people. So India was one of those countries where I felt quite close to. And I saw a lot of street kids at that time. So here is this organization that can provide uh, free meals at school so that the kids will be encouraged to go to school. And the parents will you know, make sure they ki- their kids go to school than working because they get free meal. <laughs> and so with that, I realized it's only cost about 25 cents to give a meal. And if I thought about my own business and 25 cents could be just a sticker on the package, or it could be one of additional ingredients to to add to the meal. So it was possible and easy to do. And just, it was about changing the thinking. Because I used to think that one day when my company becomes really successful, we would build a soup kitchen somewhere and help feed and educate kids. Possibly years and decades later, we could do that. So When we did that, then our thinking changed and our idea changed, our story changed. We could, from that time, make a little difference every day. 
and can be thankful and grateful for their team members who pack the food or <laughs> customers who enjoy the food. I read on your website, Bali, which I told you it's my home country, was the birthplace of B1G1. But from your story, it seems like the birthplace was Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, that's a very good question because what happened was I said I was running a business in Australia. But then just like any business owners would do, occasionally we go and refresh our knowledge about business and learn to grow our company or connect with other business people and network. Or So, you know, we occasionally perhaps participate in different business uh, opportunities and engagement, you know, events and so on. So actually at that time, I joined in this uh, business event, which was like a retreat and, uh, you know, business program that was held in Bali and from Australia. It was quite common, you know, not, not common, but the popular thing to do to go to Bali for a retreat. During that like a four-day program, and it was quite interesting because it was like almost like a business plan competition. And then the teams will come together to compete with each other. And the food company I was running. Somehow it got selected as one of the shortlisted business ideas. And so a group of people came together around my business. I was like talking about this enthusiasm and passion to make a difference and, you know, giving a meal for meals we sold. So somebody suddenly said, ah, that's buy one, give one. Because everybody knew about the buy one, get one or buy one, get one free as a concept, but nobody thought about the buy one, give one. And it's not just giving more benefits to the customer, him or herself, but making a difference every time we do business, every time somebody purchases something. So we thought that was a great idea. And then somehow like that kind of evolved into the buy one, give one model. But then what happened after that, when program was over and everybody went back to their own businesses and got busy again, I got busy again as well. One thing I decided was I would implement this in my business, clear by one given concept. Six or seven months passed. I was busy in my own company and then happily making an impact and happily producing more food and expanding our business. But then at that moment, I thought about all the business people I was with or I met in the past. I realized that there was such a deep sense of care and desire for them all to make a difference. And that's why everybody thought buy one, give one was such a great idea. Everybody, all the business owners in that space resonated with that. People in business have a sense of purpose. They wanted to make a difference in their own unique way. Quite often what ends up happening is that we feel like we are not ready yet to do something that matters to us. Then finally, I sold my company and moved to Singapore. But I would say that idea, the birth of the idea of B1G1 was in Bali, in Indonesia, which you actually came from. First of all, I'm curious, why Singapore? Why you cannot just stay in Australia and then do B1G1? <laughs> yeah, you ask very good questions. Yeah, we thought about it too. Like, because in Australia, I had a lot of other business friends. Australia has a lot of caring people. And Australia is one of the most generous countries in the world as well in terms of giving. So Australia would have been a good country to start to be one to one in. And why would you at that time move to a brand new country you never really lived in before with two young exactly. children? 
There's got to be a reason there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, nothing, nothing wrong with Singapore. I love Singapore. It's like one of my favorite country too. But I'm just curious from a business sense. There are a lot of businesses over there, but mostly are big businesses over there. So why Singapore? And actually, the reason why we moved from Australia was because we wanted to be one day one to be a global giving initiative, not Australian giving initiative. And then we thought that if we stayed in Australia, we would be probably comfortable to be a, an Australian initiative. And that could be easier to do. But the thing is, we wanted to be one to one to be the global initiative to be able to work with any businesses anywhere around the world. And then we, we looked at a big global map and Singapore was there. And the Singapore government was actually saying they wanted Singapore to become a giving nation. Huh. I didn't know that. I honestly didn't know that. From my recollection, traveling to Singapore, you know, visited Singapore so many times, the way of living over there is not in my imagination that the government want to encourage more giving. Yeah, interesting, right? So we were like, oh my gosh, that, that is such an inspiring, uh, you know, motto or mission for a nation. And then Singapore is very small, so which makes us always be outward looking than inward looking. Because if we go to Singapore, then we got to be doing businesses around business around the world. And Singapore was strategically located and had a really great airport which was transforming oh, yes. by the year, <laughs> by the minute almost. <laughs> and yes. uh, it's easy to travel in and out of Singapore. So which makes us like go everywhere. And also the Singapore business structure is very great, you know, very good, uh, very organized. Things happen. As soon as you take all the boxes, things happen. Straightforward. No corruption. <laughs> That's the biggest thing, like how Singapore is so different among all other uh, Southeast Asian country. There is no corruption over there. I'm pretty sure all of the citizens over there are following the rules. Mm. Even a lot of <laughs> Indonesian move and live in Singapore nowadays, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> and they can't just, follow like, rules. <laughs> exactly, exactly. As soon as you moved to Singapore, how did you hit the ground running? So the B1J1's model is interesting because we didn't say, let's start a charity. We said, let's start a business called mm -hmm. B1G1. And our entire focus was to add value to businesses because if business, you know, businesses wanted to make a difference but don't know how to do it, there is a value there if we could make it really easy. Uh, and there is also value in, you know, helping businesses communicate their sense of mission and purpose with their team members or customers, you know, or being able to monitor and see the growth of their impact that they are creating. And those things can be a business value add-on. So uh, we thought about uh, a business. And then even though back then, that time social enterprise wasn't so common at that time, not many people knew what social enterprise meant, but we started to be 1G1 as a social enterprise from day one. One thing we wanted to make happen was that when businesses make a difference and give like two causes, then we wanted to make sure that 100% of their giving would be used effectively to make those impacts happen. And it was so mm -hmm. common for like a, all sort of charity fundraising models or initiatives or charities to take a cut in the giving and then 
you know, percentage of that is used for fundraising. But we were thinking about the model that becomes 100%. You know, if somebody gives like 25 cents to give a meal, can 25 cents actually go to the project to make deliver the meal? And so in order for us to create that transparency of the giving, we also had to figure out how can we make the financial sustainability of B1G1 without asking for donation? We came up with a membership model where businesses would go, okay, I want to join this movement. The membership fee will be used to grow this movement and build the system or create the processes or resources or collateral. Or, and then when the businesses then give, then we will make sure 100% will be going to the project, designated project activities. So that was kind of the model from day one. We also did a lot of work reaching out to different charitable um, organizations around the world and tried to find the ideal partners that fit in the B1G1 model um, so that they can you know, break down their project activities into a micro unit and then we would list them. So today we have a more than 500 projects in all kinds of categories like you know, giving access to water or planting trees or giving micro loans or you know, giving uh, certain educational resources and tools. or So we have all sort of projects listed in B1G1 today. So today B1G1 is very easy. Like any company of any size can sign up and then become a business. And they, of course, contribute a small amount for the subscription, as in we call movement fund. So this, you know, membership will go to the development and growth of the B1G1 initiative. And then they have access to their B1G1 account where they could choose the project to give and they could even create the giving stories. Like every time we serve a customer or every time we create a new client or every time we have a nice meeting, follow the, our podcast, uh, could perhaps give one day's uh, education, access to education to a child so that they can have a digital learning or, you know, and, and because the project cost can start from like one cent even. It's life-changing for the person. (laughs) It is. Like, I mean, a dollar US, a dollar Canadian, even a dollar Singaporean means a lot for people who live in the villages in Indonesia. Like it can carry them, it can give them food for a few days, Mm -hmm. it can give them education, Mm -hmm. it can give so much. So I completely understand the impact that one dollars, even one cents can make in other people's life around the world. I get that. Now, I'm curious, Masami, like what was your struggle during the first year? Was it more in getting small businesses into that membership concept or getting the worthy project that you want to support? Well, actually both. You you identified those two main struggles very well. <laughs> um, yeah, you must be very experienced in business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's totally right. Because, you know, if you imagine like 10, 13 years ago, business people weren't looking out for opportunities to give, right? Especially small businesses. Maybe like large businesses already at that time started to be more active in CSR. But smaller businesses were not expected to do anyway 
So people want looking out for our service, <laughs> right? Like, you know, if, if we are doing accounting service or marketing service or something like that, then of course there was already a ready marketplace and demand. But B1G1 was selling, so, you know, selling the idea that nobody was really looking out for actively. What did you do exactly to create that momentum for your business? So one thing business people were doing at that time was that they would go to business education program or business networking event. So those were the activities that were already happening. So we kind of like appeared in as many of these uh, events or opportunities as possible to introduce the idea. And once one person get to know about, you know, what we were doing and go like, oh, that's very inspiring. Like, why don't you come to a business networking meeting? And then you can talk about your idea. So there were opportunities that were given to talk about it. And then as a result of it, let's say some people, like even though at that time, B1J1 didn't have a great system, you know, great system and automated processes or uh, extensive list of projects. We didn't have any of these things in the earlier days. But when we just shared this idea, you know, imagine, imagine a world where everything businesses do make a difference and you can be part of that. We can be part of this movement and we can create it together rather than it's already available there. Then actually there were quite, you know, surprisingly, <laughs> quite a lot of business people who resonated with the idea and thought that the fact that we were just the start up was actually attractive for them to kind of engage in to be the beginning of the movement and of course like uh, it took us to travel uh, quite a lot and Singapore was luckily a good place to travel from yes so we, central yes yes <laughs> so we went to you know we went back to Australia quite a lot we went to Europe you know especially the UK and we went to the US and through the, those activities, we connected with business people and that led to more people. That's kind of one part of how we overcame the initial challenge in B1J1. And then the project part is also interesting because uh, we were not experienced in running the charities in the past. So we had to start from really understanding the, you know, the mindset in charity world and then to realize that actually it wasn't very common for, you know, charity organizations to do something like this. And because, you know, most of the charity organizations at that time were really thinking about how to raise donation, how to raise more donation dollars rather than how to break down the project into micro unit and then to be also accountable for the specific type of impacts to, 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 to create, you know. So, so that we, need to, we, we had to find the organizations that actually resonated with the model and could already provide uh, financial, you know, like uh, accountability around it too. So we started connecting with, you know, one organization at a time. Once we brought in one charity organization, that might actually, that, that kind of led to, you know, introduction to another charity that they actually like uh, thought would be really great for B1J1. Or it could be the business members who had a close tie with certain charity organizations and they thought this organization would be suitable for B1J1. What type of project that you normally take on under B1G1 movement? 
Okay, so in the very early days, like we almost thought that the B1J1 was more suitable for smaller charity organizations because, you know, large organizations, first of all, they would kind of not really appreciate the small giving coming from small businesses to start up with. Also for them, it's a brand new concept. So it's like coming up with a specific project, breaking down the impact, that kind of things like they may not be used to and as a result, not willing to change because, you know, they could say just donate to UNICEF or something like that. Then people will just donate for the brand. So the really large charity was never in our kind of like a target group, but small to medium-sized organizations were the best match with B1J1. But what we realized that was as the business community started to grow and more giving was coming in, we realized that it's actually more suitable for, let's say, medium-sized charity organizations, at least having a good solid track record in a particular niche activity for an extended period of time. Because, you know, if a lot of businesses gave to a specific program, and then it's keep building, then we need some form of scalability there. And also small organizations that are not really specific about the project execution, they may not need too many of one thing. They might want to have a small quantity of many things. Does it, does it make sense? So um, the thing is like, uh, for example, even smaller organizations, if they have a very specific focus, such as they are about planting trees, Right. And then if more contributions are raised and they can, with that, they can actually scale their impact and plant more trees, then that could actually still work with the B1J1 model because they might actually then do more tree planting in more like greater regions or expand into different cities or. Yeah. So where like if there is no scalability, such as like one orphanage with 20 children then, you know, that does not work with B1J1 model, but perhaps they can raise uh, contributions in different formats, such as getting like a sponsors, you know, to, to sponsor the child for and the specific orf- orphanage. Yeah. Masami, I think one of the things I'm pretty sure my audience would be interested to know and myself as well, how can small businesses link their day-to-day operation once they join the B1G1 movement. First, there is a membership that is the movement fund. And then there is also the project. And then the day-to-day operation will link to the project or the worthy cost itself. Can you provide example when it's not related to the number increase in revenue or increase in sales? Yeah, so that's the thing, because when we talk about like a B1G1 idea, then sometimes people go like, oh, that's like Tom's shoes, right? Like, yes. Because that's kind of well-known exactly. example. But it's that's not what B1G1 is, because of course, like some companies can do, you know, the B1G1 in a way that's really resonant for their uh, direct product and services, but other businesses might find that, you know, imagining that kind of like a Tom's type of model to be applicable for their business, right? So B1G1 is really about imagining, creating the positive impact through the good things that happen in the business. So it can be anything such as every time, like, so, so you know, in our company, every email that we send, like all the team members send to create the impact. And we actually basically 
know how many emails we are sending <laughs> individually. <laughs> and we can compete with each other as well. But every one of them make an impact. Or every meeting that we have in a company, at the end of the meeting, we would do, you know, meeting rating, like how meaningful was this meeting? And then we rate, and then there is a little giving budget for that meeting. So, you know, when we have a meaningful meeting and great conversation, we get to do more giving <laughs> and create more impact. Or, of course, like, you know, companies, like we have a kind of mortgage brokers, every time they sign a, a new mortgage deal, then they would help uh, give bricks or help house people. or So they could actually link directly to the resonant story as well. But this is because any business can actually find the most useful and meaningful way to add a positive impact in their organization. It's not necessarily always financially driven, but of course, like businesses that want to actually integrate giving in their product, like every book we sell, we want to plant a tree. And as long as there is a financial budget, then they might be able to build, plant one whole tree, tree per book. Or it could be that every hundred books, we plant a tree, you know, like, or some companies are starting to now think about carbon offset. So Based on the number of team members they have or the office size, they might aim to plant a certain number of trees every month, right? Like then do a carbon offset. So because, you know, this b one Java model with uh, so many hundreds of projects that's available at different cost, different category, how we would integrate the giving in what we do can be exponential and limitless. But then... The danger of, you know, small business is that if we try to do everything or too many things, we don't start it because it becomes overwhelming. So I would always say, let's just pick one thing <laughs> first. And then with that one thing, we find a project that's resonant and that's meaningful for us in business, in that business, and then make a difference. So once we start with one giving story and make that happen, then of course, like, you can let your team members or your customers or clients to also engage in choosing different projects and to do a different type of giving too. But starting with just one simple thing and doing it now rather than, oh, I would do it one day or when new website launch, then I, I might do it or something because it's so easy <laughs> to delay. But if we delay just once, then we will keep delaying. So the most important thing is to go, I would do just this one thing and start now. I want to emphasize here because when you are talking about an example, mm. when you send mm. an email, mm. then you contribute to a project. Yeah. And then maybe people are thinking like, what about if I send like a hundred emails in a day? Mm. How much is that going to cost me? I want to remind that some of the project is only one cent. Some of the project is only like what, 33 cents. So a hundred emails times a cent is really minimal for us who live in North America or live in Singapore, but it's so meaningful for those who live in Malawi or even live in Indonesia in the villages. Another thing is, the interesting one, is like every invoice that's paid on time, we do giving. And that, that was cool, like because our uh, team member in finance came up with that idea and said, oh, uh, if, because all the team members in a company enterprise ourselves you know demonstrate this giving spirit by thinking about how we could 
do more giving and more, create more impact. So each team member has a small giving budget and they can imagine how they will use it more meaningfully. So the team member who is working in the finance side said, well, like for me, uh, I want to use the, my you know, giving budget for every invoice paid on time. When you pay this bill on, on time, <laughs> one, one additional, you know, like child receive access to education for a week and then go like, wow, like all the invoices this time are paid on time. <laughs> but this, this is like a fun way. Like, I, I mean, yeah. you know, imag- imagining like creating an impact and appreciating every business activity and d- doing it with respect, care, joy and everything. And spreading that giving spirit to other business people so that we can unite and make a make greater impact. It's, it's also uh, making it a habit, a small habit that over time it's going to become bigger without you realizing it. I completely agree with what you're saying. You're going to keep waiting when your business is going to be profitable, you know, then I'm going to give more. But actually, if you think about it, with a dollar, with 50 cents, you can still create those impact for others. And it doesn't have to be when $100 or $200. I think it starts small, like you said. If more businesses believed in this and even tiniest of businesses to join this movement, there is a power in that. And uh, yeah, so that's what we are seeing. And you know, so so appreciate uh, um, you having me here and also asking, you know, these very, very insightful questions. Well, Masami, thank you so much for being here. I truly appreciate it. And that's bring us to the end of another show. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Her CEO Journey, the business finance podcast for women entrepreneurs. If you want to create a proactive financial plan and process for your business so you are ready to weather the financial storm over the next few months. Let's chat and see what's possible for you. Book in a time to speak with me at christinashahli.com forward slash let's chat.